Hey, we're here. This is Mike Sherrick with Will Campbell, and this is Into the Gap. It is Saturday, January 11, 2020. Hey, man. Hey, what's going on, Mike? A, a cold, snowy, rainy, sleety, icy Saturday. It's January. It's <laughs> Chicago. This is kind of business as usual, dude. Just, just a little bit. Right? Absolutely. Right. I mean, we've. I, listen, I am super in favor of like the whole climate change, global warming thing. Because I mean, I really, it's, it's only going to help what we've got going on now. It's only going to help. I get to ride my bike more. Is that politically incorrect? Did we start off and I drop the puck already? Hey, why not? And, and <laughs> politically incorrect, scientifically incorrect. Let's let's go yeah, for all I the incorrect. I don't even know. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, so yeah, it's uh, it's January. We're into the year a third of the way through the first month, right? That's a beautiful thing and yeah. scary. Yeah. I'm, I'm still in shock. 2019's over. Yeah, man, stuff. It, you know, one of the things about growing older is time, relatively speaking, gets faster. Oh, it, it gets incredibly faster, yeah, like so. so much. And uh, the topic today, which I love, and I, I'll try not to steal too much of your thunder, no, uh, kids do, don't help that at all. <laughs> like, as soon as you have kids, I woke up one day old. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, I, and I think the more kids you have, the more impact that was. that is. Oh, I had oh, one. Yeah. You've got three. You're got dealing three. with way more than I had to deal with. So. Time is moving three times as fast yeah. as it did for, for you. I think having three kids is like juggling three balls as opposed to juggling one ball. Pretty much. Right? Pretty much. It, it, in that, that old joke, you, you move from man-to-man to zone defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely yeah. what it is. Yeah. Like, I can guarantee the safety of two of them at any one time. Yeah. That third one's a wild card. He, he's on his own. On, on his own. Yeah, he's we'll, on We'll his pray own. for him. Yeah, <laughs> Good luck. And I think that's important, but yeah, good luck. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in, I had a brother and a sister, so I, I, I was on the other side of that. So, well, cool, man. Well, welcome, man. Yeah, good to be back. So, yeah. So, we're going to talk about today. Uh, originally, we we're going to have uh, Peter Scott on, but Peter had some travel issues and couldn't make it today. So, he's going to be on in a couple of weeks. Anybody who's here li- listening for Peter Scott, he'll be here in two weeks. But uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about fatherhood today. Yeah, it's a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah, man. Fatherhood is, uh, is um, like for dudes, I, I don't think people realize how game-changing becoming a father is for dudes, you know? And I don't know if you had this experience or not, but, and again, you're a father three times over. I'm just a father once, but, um, you know, when your, your female partner is with child, right? They've got the relationship with the child for like quite a while. Oh, well before you like get about involved. nine months, right? just just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And and here's the trick: you, you can try and do it. So I, I learned to snore, mm-hmm. uh, so my kid in utero would be used to it when when they came out. <laughs> okay. So I, I wouldn't scare the kid. Like, yeah. What's that? No, yeah. It's just dad. That's well, a comfort. Well, what I mean is though, but like when the baby's born, the 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 woman has got like this relationship with the child, and we're like, wait a minute. At least I was like. Whoa, what, what? Am I gonna break it? What do I? <laughs> what do I do with this thing, right? And then they poop and they pee and then they make noises and you and you touch them and they throw up on you, and you're like, what is this thing? And there's something. It's like you're drawn to it, but you're like, did you have this experience like being a little bit of afraid of them? No, see, I I totally totally embrace that. And in fact, oh, I, I was did. I was looking forward to some of it because um, I didn't I didn't want to. If, if you know me, I don't mm. want to be the stereotypical anything. Right. Right. I didn't want to be that dad. And with... if you know me, I am the stereotypical everything. everything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just so we get that straight. Yeah. So I, I didn't want to be the dad changing a diaper with like a clothespin on my nose and rubber yeah. gloves and, and oh, goggles. Yeah. And... No, that wasn't that. No, it, it's, yeah. I, I wanted to embrace 
literally everything to do with fatherhood. Yeah. Uh, so in, in the hospital at night, those first couple days yeah. um, for future dads, there's there's this concept called meconium. Mm-hmm. It's the kid's first poop. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like normal poop because yeah. when they're in utero, they're, they're right. you know, connected to the wife. And that first poop right. is kind of like tar. Yeah. Uh, so I was the one up at night trying to change the the meconium filled diaper that's not coming off the kid's butt, and I'm using you know wipes, and the, mm-hmm. the nurse comes wow, in okay. and and gets a bowl of warm water and soap, and I'm like, what's that for? We're going to change the baby. I'm like, with soap and water? I I, I didn't know this concept. Yeah. Uh, so I was on the front edge of everything wow. that I could be, uh, yeah. not being connected for nine months to the kid beforehand because I knew I was at that deficit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I I. Yeah, I did not walk the journey of awakeness that you had, my friend. I was, uh, I kind of <laughs> learned on the fly. And I thought it was cool. I thought it was really cool. And uh, there was this great episode of uh, Mad Men. I don't know if you saw it. And Don Draper was taught, had this, uh, and, and Don Draper was such an incredible character because he was such a rat, you know? And he was also brilliant. And he saw stuff and he was so compromised, like ethically and morally, you know? So he's this really interesting character, and I just thought a really um, fascinating depiction of really all the differences and all the challenges that men have, right? And there's this one show where he talks about his kid and how it happened to him later on. Like, you become aware that you're actually a dad and this is yours. And I remember when it happened to me, Zach was about, 13 or 14 months old and um, we were moving to uh, Wisconsin and we were in the, I don't know if it was a Hilton or Embassy Suites or somewhere in Brookfield, Wisconsin, you know, and Brookfield's pretty, pretty, basically pretty nice hotel, pretty nice hotel, pretty chill. Yeah. In the Milwaukee suburbs, it's like November and we're in the pool and I had this little guy with me in the pool and he still wasn't verbal, but I just remember this moment where holy cow, this is my son, you know? And it literally changed my perspective on things, you know? Like up to that point, I mean, I, I didn't ignore him or anything. I just I just didn't get it, you know? I didn't have that sense of, of for lack of a better word, like true love. Yeah. And, and he's part of me and I'm part of him, you know? And, and that, was, that was a pretty remarkable moment. You know, that's and cool. It, and it was just standing in the pool. But see, you started way early because you were thoughtful and smart and that type of stuff. And I'm, yeah, it, it's one of those things that I wanted. And it's yeah. funny as you were telling the story about Zach in the pool. Yeah, uh, I got my first flash way early on. And yeah, this this is where the women folk get involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember one of my uncles. Yeah. Uh, was was playing with his kid yeah. at the time, and I was I don't I, in my twenties. Yeah. Uh, so having a kid was the furthest thing from my mind, but mm-hmm. uh, this this guy is on the floor with this kid just playing and rolling around, yeah. and I didn't think twice about it until I looked up at my now wife, Kelly, mm-hmm. and her eyes were just big as saucers, and mm-hmm. they were sparkly and shiny, yeah. and I knew exactly what she's thinking, and she's thinking, that's going to be you with our kids. Yeah. Scared the bejesus out of me. Yeah. Uh, but then I'm like, huh, I can see that. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's funny, I think, and this is one of the things I want to I wanna get in with you today is, um, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, um, I had a challenging relationship with my dad, you know? Uh, my dad was around, mm-hmm. but, you know, my dad was like this hardworking, tough guy, you know, 
came back from Korea, um, you know, fought in a war, dropped bombs on people, uh, you know, just just a tough dude, union guy, you know, Golden, Glo- Golden Gloves boxer. Oh, wow. You know, uh, disciplinarian, super Catholic, you know, all this stuff, right? And um, I, I, I get ready to put your shock face on. I would challenge things. Really? I know. As hard as it you is. You challenge things? Yeah, yeah. Especially with an authority figure? Yeah, yeah. And, it, <laughs> and needless to say, my dad didn't sign off on that. <laughs> so, <laughs> And so what I'm really laughing at is that that was a surprise to you even yeah, back then. Yeah, yeah. So we had this whole period, man, for like, you know, the first 18 to 40 years where, um, you know, kind of what he saw, when he saw black, I saw white. You know, he saw blue, I saw red, you know. So when I became a dad, I, I knew that I didn't want to do it that way. Yeah. That's what I knew, you know. So I was kind of coming from this construct of, you know, that's not what, the way I want to do it, you know. How, how did you learn how to like, or how, how did you construct the idea of being a dad? It's so, and, and it's beautiful. So my, my birth dad yeah. was not there. Yeah. Uh, I grew up with my grandparents, Okay, uh, which is a whole other story a whole different within itself. Yeah. It's, it is. However, my grandfather mm-hmm. played the role that your yeah. dad did. Okay. Uh, very similar. Co- Korean War um, worked and with the city, so I'm sure it was a union gig, yep. blue collar. Um, he was the example uh, that I took of a man. Okay. Right. Yeah, he he yeah. did whatever was necessary to right. support his family, even if that was not being in the house, because right. he would uh, work in another town for five days a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then come back, and you know we we sort of get the love there or the discipline or whatever it was. Yeah. But we knew where he stood. Yeah. Um. So that's that was my my role model, my my grandfather for manhood. Yeah. No. That that's that's great, man. Yeah. Because it's it's. And that model of masculinity or fatherhood or manliness or whatever it is, isn't quite what's embraced in the world today. You know that particular model. It's 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 evolved. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely not the model. So you're no. correct there. So we're going to come back and we're going to talk about this a little more. But sweet, here's Funk Forty Nine. All right, all right. We'll, we'll be back it. in two minutes. This is Mike and Will, and into the gap. Dallas Cowboy Hall of Fame coach Tom Landry once said, "A coach is someone who has you see what you don't want to see." and has you hear what you don't want to hear, so you can always be the person you knew yourself to be. Hello, I'm Mike Sherrick, founder and president of the Mike Sherrick Group and Mike Sherrick Coaching. We are an executive coaching and leadership development organization with offices in Berwyn, Illinois and Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Successful organizations begin with the self-awareness and authenticity of its leaders. And in today's world, we are all leaders. If you or your organization has a big vision, or you know there's another level you can go to, please give us a call at 630-643-6336. If you're one of the first three people who call us today, you will be eligible for a free IMX leadership assessment and debriefing, a $550 value free to you and your organization. So give us a call at 630-643-6336 and take it on. Hey, we're back. This is Mike and Will. This is Into the Gap, and we're talking about fatherhood today. So, yeah, we were talking about the... uh, the model that both you and I grew up with, kind of the disciplinarian, disciplinarian, do, do what I say, not so, what I do. Oh my God, that was my dad's mantra. You should be seen and not heard. Absolutely. Oh, I, I, I so we I, grew up the same you. way. Again, your your dad, my grandfather, that oh that my generation. God. They're, they're the same age, probably. I'm, I'm sure. You know, yeah. When was when was your grandpa born? Like, um, 30, he, 31, he, 32? He, 
think 20, he's 91. Okay, so so 29. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, my dad would have been, uh, he was born at 32, so they're the same age. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, man, that, that, that whole thing, like, yeah, man, it's, sit down and act like a piece of furniture. That was the mantra. You know, do as I do, do as I say, not as I do. Oh, oh my gosh, absolutely. Which just absolutely tore me up. I just wanted to, like, are you freaking you know the other side and of course i was i, I absorbed it right yeah. it's like okay dude i was an angel no i know see that's why you and i are so different you're gonna follow the rules and play inside and color inside the lines you probably colored and all the things looked nice oh know? oh my gosh and and it was horrible because there's so here's the thing there's a yeah. skill associated with that right even if you want to color inside the lines when yeah. you first start coloring you can't yeah. you have to develop that skill yeah um and until i developed that skill i wasn't happy with my coloring yeah. And so for anyone that, that doesn't know, yes, that's an analogy for life as well. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's funny. I was the I started coloring inside the lines and then I found it boring. Oh, oh. Right. And I found that I got a reaction if I colored outside the lines. Interesting. So because it was like just do as expected, because I was the oldest one. And just, you know, so yeah, okay. I'll just and you get no, you know, no one pays attention to you. And see, so I got attention for the different ways that I colored inside the lines. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm, I was doing like shadowing and, and tones and yeah. like wow. transfers before yeah. I even knew what that stuff was. Yeah. Well, you know, so, you're a bright guy. As we said, I'm pretty much a cliche. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Cliches have value too, Mike. Yeah, I know. Cliches are people too. Cliche lives matter. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so cool. So you kind of. So it's interesting. So yeah, so I got into father and I just didn't want to do it that way, you know? And so I had no clue. Like, I didn't even want to have a kid. Wow. You know? Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm good without it. I'm okay. You know? Because I, I, I had all this fear, anxiety, and upset, like, around it, you know? And I just didn't want to do that, man. I didn't want to... It was tough. It was tough doing the whole thing. It was tough. And I didn't want to... I, I, I didn't want to have that um, adversarial relationship with my kid, mm-hmm. you know? Because at the time... You know, I was in business, and everything seemed adversarial. Like my, you know, every day I woke up and put on the suit of armor and went and fought the dragons. That was just my mentality, right? And so I just came home. I just wanted to chill, you know. So I'm curious, how did how did it show up for you? So it showed up for me, um, and and I'll go back to you know, it just said that I grew up with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Uh, the part that is most relevant here. I didn't grow up with my biological. Yeah. Uh, my, Do you have any relationship with them at all? Well, so here it is. My yeah. first real conversation, the relationship with my biological started when I was 35-ish. No way. So, yeah, way. So when it came to my own kids, I didn't want to be my biological. Right. Right. I right. had to be involved. I knew I wanted to be a part of their lives. They weren't going to hear from me at, you know, in their 30s. Yeah. Uh, I was going to be everything that my biological wasn't. Yeah. Now augmented with this discipline, the structure, this idea of manhood for my grandfather. Yeah. So I went into to fatherhood absolutely prepared, ready to embrace whatever there was, yeah. uh, just knowing I'm going to have this great relationship with my kids. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's really cool. What was it like when you met your biological dad? <laughs> uh, it, it's still a little surreal. Uh, it, Do you have a relationship with him now? Only in that he will he will post on my Facebook wall every now and then. Wow. Uh, he'll send uh, me and, and my sister emails at, at key holidays with almost fatherly cliches. 
uh, just know that I love you and that God yeah. has a plan for you and there are greater wow. things in the world, uh, which to me uh, is a nice whitewash for him because we yeah. can't go back to the past. Why weren't you there and what yeah. happened and all that stuff? Uh, he just whitewashed it with this email or this phone call. Yeah, man. See, that's one of the things I really wanted to get into today with you. And, and I didn't know the story of your dad. Um, but I knew you grew up with your grandparents in Cape Girardeau, man, right? Cape Girardeau, Missouri. That's so cool. Um, it doesn't get much more. Well, it's not really. Is it, would you call Cape Girardeau Midwestern or Southern? Oh, wow. So wh- where would you put the Bible Belt? That might change my answer. I think there's two. So I think there's a Bible Belt that goes through Southern Illinois, Southern Indiana, Southern Ohio, right through Cape, Cape Girardeau. Absolutely. And then there's another one. The really hardcore one that goes through like southern Georgia, southern Alabama, southern Mississippi into like parts of Arkansas, Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay. So your answer didn't help my answer at all. Okay. Good. Um, so I, I asked the question. So Cape Girardeau firmly in the Bible Belt, in the, the um, northern Bible Belt. I, I'd, yeah. I'd say yeah, the the northern South Bible Belt. They, there's a word for they, they call the, it the mid the mid South, like the mid South. But yeah. Memphis, Memphis holds the claimed fame for the mid South, which yeah. I, I didn't know such a I thing existed. I didn't either. Well, there uh, can't be a Mid-South, actually. It would be the Northern South, but that's okay. Right. Never mind. So here's the thing. Memphis is about two hours yep. south of Cape Girardeau. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can't even claim the Mid-South. So to your question, I'd say more Midwest okay. than South. Okay. However, uh, if you go 30 minutes in any direction of Cape Girardeau, Missouri, yeah. uh, you will just hit the thickest Southern drawl yep. in the world. No, I know, man. Where people boot scoot down I-55 there. <laughs> And that's not me mocking anyone. No. That's, that's real. People that's, from Cape just turned and looked at the radio. It's like, who's that? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Cape Girardeau, the home of one of the world's greatest Americans, Rush Limbaugh. Right. True story. His sister-in-law was my eighth grade English teacher. Come on. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Rush spoke at our uh, high school graduation. There you go. Yeah. That's, and I bet you were inspired. Just totally, totally. But much more inspired by Richard Carr. Uh, Richard Carr was a classmate. Mm-hmm. Richard Carr said all of four words, all of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they introduced Rush Limbaugh, and Richard Carr opened his mouth and said, yeah, fat B word. <laughs> my jaw dropped, and I, I went and gave uh, Richard Carr a hug. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> See, that? that's what freedom is, my friend. That, you know, freedom of expression. Absolutely. And and Richard was embracing his and all of its glory right there in that moment. So it was beautiful. So, so yeah. So one of the things I wanted to talk about today is the impact of what, one of the things I'm very present to is the impact of absent fathers. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's in every community known, you know, um, it's in, you know, you get a, in, in first of all, 46, currently 46 point something percent of the children are raised in fatherless homes right now. That's insane. That's right? that's sad. That's that's heartbreaking, to be honest with it you. It really is. And it's. It, it, I think a lot of it has to do with the social construct of how we operate nowadays, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, so we're already starting with almost half the kids are growing up basically fatherless. Without a father know? in the home. And there are guys I know who don't live with their kids who do a great job of being dads. There's, there's a guy I think is listening. Uh, we were for to him as a commander. He's actually got, I think he's got nine kids. It's a lot of kids. Yeah. From I think three different women and, and, and they range in ages. I think the youngest is like 15 up to 30, you know, 
but he's he's present in their lives all the time. You know, so he he does like he steps up and he owns that. And know? that's awesome, but that's hard. That is so it's hard. super hard. The guy doesn't sleep. There's there's no way he can. Yeah, there's there's no and, way. And he he's can. a successful businessman, and he takes care of him, and he watches out for him. But there's still, I, I you know, I, I haven't talked to him about it, so I can't go any further with it. But there's still this this fact that, and, and I could, you know, the few times I've talked to him about it, there's this absence. Like, the stuff he does to be in their lives is remarkable. Yeah, you know? it, it is. And it's, that is so much easier when you're in the household, and that opportunity is just there at every yeah. moment. Yeah. Whereas if you're not in the household, especially if you want to, you have to work yeah. to create those opportunities or to, to make that happen. Yeah, so... So we've got this world where there's a lot of, you know, people, children, and now there are adults who've grown up with absent fathers. And yes, I'm sure there's an impact in women, but I think, you know, like what you were describing, like for for you and I, as we described it, we were modeled what masculinity looked like, what, what being a man looked like. And when there's not a man in the house, you know, these young men don't have a model because that's how we learn we, le- we learn through repetition we learn through observation you know th- that's why i'm so inspired by our friend linnell you know that you know, and everything linnell does has a plan but but fair enough know, I- I'm, I'm so inspired by he's so at cause in making sure that he's delivering on being the model for his kid and so therein lies the whole point yeah right you have to take that responsibility yeah. you have to take that ownership yeah. whether you're in the home or not yeah uh, if you do it's a much better situation than if not yeah one of the things that that I tell myself and, and my clients and, and social media is I've probably posted it before you can't be what you can't see right so as a kid growing up in a fatherless home it's hard to know what the father what a father is, what a father does, yeah. what that impact is, what you're missing on, what they're missing out on, what the um, the spouse, the the mother's missing out on. Yeah. Um, because you just you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And I think it's become a really big problem. It's it's a huge problem. You know, I mean, we can go through. Uh, I told you I, I step in and on Facebook. There was a, a friend of mine, and she happens to be African American, and she was talking about this problem, and I stepped in it, and I you know, and I said something, and. Anyway, I got a backlash about all the circumstances that create, you know, fatherless children in the black community, right? And I didn't respond because, I mean, everything she said was true, but it's still allowing circumstance to dictate what there is to do, right? As opposed to being fully responsible. And I don't think, I think that's the beginning is to shift the conversation from one where circumstances impact it to really where we like from our stand, our commitment, our responsibility. And I don't know if people understand that's what's required by being a I didn't, like I know myself, I didn't get it in the beginning. Right. Like I had to learn that. Like, like oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Absolutely. But that, that's the challenge with life too. No, you, absolutely. You, you have to be 100% responsible. Yeah. The alternative is being a victim and things happen to you. Right. 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 Well, I couldn't be at home because I was incarcerated or uh, whatever excuse you tell yourself. Well, listen, there, the there's four families I have. There's there's corporate guys. I couldn't be at home because I had the work. Absolutely. I, you know, I'm doing this for the family. I, listen, I did that. You know, you're, you're traveling. I got a job where I was traveling all the time. Right. Like I was gone four months. Yeah. But if, if you choose to be responsible, you want to yeah. have that impact in your kid's life. Do it. Take ownership, whatever that means for you. Just do it. And it may require saying no or restructuring the conversation around what you're doing. So anyway, we're going to take another break. We're going to be back and get in this a little deeper. Thank you so much. This is Mike and Will, and this is Into the Gap. 
Greetings, this is Bob Ponderoli of Into the Gap, and we're really psyched to have the High PSI Company sponsoring our show. High PSI was founded in 1976 and provides the industrial cleaning industry's finest pressure washers and cleaners. High PSI also carries Colson Ice Blast Technology, which is a cost-effective and environmentally responsible cleaning system that delivers a super high-quality finish. You can access their services and a competent, dedicated staff through their website at highpsi.com or just give them a call at 800-666-3900. This is Bob Pontarelli, and Into the Gap is most pleased to have Chicago Aquaponics sponsoring our show. Chicago Aquaponics provides superior quality hemp seeds, seedlings, and clones to hemp farmers everywhere. What you can count on from Chicago Aquaponics is the finest quality product imaginable and a true relationship that helps farmers succeed in producing an equally high quality product. You can find them at chicagoaquaponics.com. Join the hemp revolution at Chicago Aquaponics. Hey, we're back. This is Mike and Will, and this is Into the Gap, and we're talking about fatherhood today. So, Will, on the break, you were you were t- wanted to mention something. Right? Yeah, absolutely. We, we talked about the, the the hazard of not having that role model in right. the household. Um, the caution there is that there can be substitute role models very easily, very quickly. Well, uh, na- nature abhors a vacuum, and so something is going to pop up. Yes. To fill that role, to fill that void. Absolutely. In in my case, it was my grandfather, yeah. which which worked out beautifully, right? I yeah. couldn't have asked for a better role model or mm-hmm. influence uh, or substitute role model, as sure. the case may be. Uh, in the absence of that, that great masculine male mm-hmm. role model, uh, unfortunately, there's social media, yeah. there's movies, there's TV, uh, there's these stereotypes of... Uh, what have you, the, the businessman that's gone 24-7, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the criminal, the uh, misogynist, the multifamily. Yeah. Ro- Papa was a Rolling Stone, right? Uh, right, that young boys can take to be the role model yeah, uh, because that's what they see. Well, plus there's this, this whole, you know, I, I think a default condition for many people is a scarcity context. Yeah. And so what happens is when you're sitting here and there's a void, and you're already in a scarcity context, then you're really primed to be pulled into something where it appears there's abundance. And, and you can get people, the billionaires, like the Donald Trumps, all of a sudden can become appealing, right? Or the, the guy with the grill and the driving the Bentley. And, you know, all this stuff becomes, that's what it's about. And, and the focus becomes on a much more externally focused life and not really taken care of in building the character that's required that, you know, like I said, I didn't get along with my dad, but I was really clear where the, where the out of bounds lines were. <laughs> Cause every time I stepped out, guess what happened? Well, and so here's the thing <laughs> talking about fatherhood. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I've learned is that kids want those boundaries. Absolutely. They, they do those boundaries and shocker. If there's no one there to set them, You've got a confused kid that's just pushing and everywhere. And they keep pushing it and, and pushing it and pushing yes. it, you know? And and that's why that's why I think, like, I really think so much of this transgender stuff is just pushing the boundary to figure— because we're all confused. We don't know. I don't know how it was for you growing up, but I know I'm 13, 14 years old. Sex scared the hell out of me. Like, what is going on? I'll, I'll be completely honest. Sex still scares the hell out of me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest. I, I had this I had this friend growing up, Mally Long. Mally Long lived like I lived a block away from my grandparents. So I had a real close relationship with my, my grandparents too. So I lived a block away from my grandparents and Mally Long lived a half a block away from, from 
my grandparents. So we're buddies. And I knew her from the time we were like nine. Right? I feel like an after-school special story is about to it's be It's about shared. to happen, right? Yeah. So Mally and I, we would hang out. We'd ride bikes and we'd, you know, play catch. She could play catch. She could throw. She was a girl. I'd think, oh, my God, this is the best girl in the world, right? And, and how old were you? We were like fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Okay. Well, then a really weird thing happened in seventh grade. Uh-oh. Puberty. She, she got beautiful. <laughs> and what I love, poor Nelly, she, she probably already was beautiful. You just recognized that she oh, was in seventh grade. But, but she got the accoutrements with beauty, shall we say? Okay, do you know what I'm talking about, bro? Puberty, like I said. <laughs> exactly. And so that happened, and I'm like, oh my, I can't, I'm not worthy. I can't talk to her. And I don't think we, we, we talked at our 20th grammar school reunion. Wow. Yeah, or high school reunion. But like, I don't think we talked after that. And she was like my buddy. You know? So what what I'm really thinking, it's like, who alienated who? Like, did you pull back because oh. she was, like, now unattainable or you weren't worthy? Or did she, like, feel, I don't know, put on a, not put on a pedestal, but, like, No, man, it was, all, it was all me. It was all me, dude. No, come on, man. <laughs> no, I'm not a victim here. No, it was all me. Like, I freaked out. Like, I, like holy cow, she was gorgeous, you know? And, like, how do you, what do you do with one of those? Right? You know? And she's got to be thinking... What I'm still my, me. Yeah, what happened to my buddy? Where's my buddy? Let's go yeah. play catch. Yeah, like what's wrong with you, you know? And yeah, so it was it was really one of the strangest events ever. But, you know, we were talking about something, and I think one of the roles for fathers is no matter how, their job is to instill, w- with the mothers too, but there has to be the, this fatherly component of it to instill the values and the standards. Yes. And the... Uh, the limits, shall we say, the boundaries to create a healthy adult, right? And um, I, I think that's that's being missed at times now, you know? Oh, it, it absolutely is. Um, it, it, I feel like, you know, we're talking fatherhood. I should share all these fatherly platitudes. Um, and, and No, I, we're just two dudes talking. We're, we're two dudes talking, but those yeah. platitudes are going to jump out. Absolutely. Um, when it comes to setting standards, I really believe that one of the issues that we deal with as a society mm-hmm. is the loss of expectations. Yeah. Uh, I, I think people will rise or fall to whatever level of expectation that are set for them. Uh, if you, you tell a child, my expectation is that you'll be respectful, mm-hmm. um, you'll, you'll be successful, you'll know what family is, you'll understand love, you'll learn by example, you'll, whatever that is, they'll, they'll meet that and See, exceed I it. I think we still have expectations, but we p- pretend like we don't. I think that may be even worse because it now, is wor- it's now way the kids worse. get confused. Now they get real confused and, oh, just go do what you want, you know, oh, go do this. And then in the background, we're like, oh my God, I wish they wouldn't do that. Oh my God. I, I, I live in Naperville. This, this is like... Every day? Every single freaking day. That's on a single trip to Whole Foods? Absolutely, yeah. Let's put the cub hat with the hair outside the back of the thing. Driving the the $75,000 SUV that's way bigger than you need to drive, right? But I I just stereotype. You you totally, yeah, yeah, you're going to have a rough drive on the way back to Naperville tonight. I don't care. I don't care. I'm kind of the (laughs) suburban version of Ricky Gervais, right? Wow. (laughs) I would say Dave Chappelle, but actually I think it's more Ricky Gervais. <laughs> Definitely not Dave Chappelle. No, Dave, no, I'm not as smart as Dave Chappelle. Um, yeah, yeah, but but I think that's it. It's it's the 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 because inst- when you install standards, then of course there sets an expectation. Yes, you know, absolutely. And if we don't have standards, then it's it's because this is the other thing that I see happen is we 
we've gotten to this point where I think they would call it empowering your child, but really what it is, it's abdicating responsibility to the child. What would you like, hon? What would you like? Oh, my gosh. Um, Nothing kills me more than that. And I just feel like I had this conversation with my wife maybe last night or Mm -hmm. the day before um, talking about our nine-year-old. Yeah. It's like, oh, and what does he want? And let's do this. He doesn't know. I'm like, he doesn't want anything. He's four years away from peeing his pants. You tell him what he's going to get or what we're going to do. You may give him options, but it's not let him figure it out. And, oh. and I know some folks totally disagree with that. Oh, I know. There's a lot of folks that disagree, and they're stupid. But that, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's part of that standard, right? Dude, dude I was in, I was in uh, Home Depot, right? And I was walking behind one of, the, one of the Naperville moms were talking about the cub hat and the hair out the back thing. And they're looking like in the yoga pants, and they just got back, and they got the latte, right? That's like it's, they come out of a machine, I think, you know? So anyway, and she's got <laughs> – and, and, and there's, they're shopping for paint. And there's this little Logan or Hayden, Aiden. right? One of these, one of these little robots next to her, right? And dude, you're and killing me. I know, I, but dude, they're all over the place, man. You never see anyone named John or Mike or Will anymore. You notice? Oh that? my gosh, no. So, so they got nowhere these, close, right? They got these names. So anyway, Brock, <laughs> Rodeo, America, right? Anyway, anyway so so it in. The, the mom's, like, getting these paints, you know, at the painting. I'm buying paint, too. That's why I'm behind her. Plus, I'm being incredibly entertained. Um, and this little kid, can't be more than six, mother, refers to his mom as mother, which is, it's like Anthony Perkins creepy. Well, that's, that's like half a step from Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Now, Nancy. Exactly. That's, that's not the paint I want, Nancy. Well, no, what he said, mother, can I get a color that I'm comfortable with? Wow. Yeah. And I'm almost like, little dude, come here. You need to come to Mike's day school. And (laughs) really? And like boy camp and like, let's get your mind right. Because you are a little, you know. Terror. Yeah. And these are the kids. These are the kids that are going to get up and, you know, and lead the social media brigades, you know, in 10 years. And and right now they're three years out of peeing their pants, you know. And, and, And that's the thing. I think before you have... A discussion with someone about choices, you should be 10 years removed from soiling yourself. At, at least. I, I think that's a barrier, right? Yeah. Like, uh, prove to me you haven't pooped yourself in 10 years, and we can have a conversation. We can have an actual conversation. Right? Yeah, and, and I think that's a... a i got to be careful, because I'm probably 10 years away from pooping myself. On the other, the other end? end. <laughs> so, <laughs> i got to be careful with the standards. Somewhere <laughs> someone's taking note of that, right? You're going to get that as a comment on your Facebook page. Exactly. Mike, uh, you're 10 <laughs> years away from poop. I think I'm a little longer than that. Maybe 15. Yeah. And so the, those yeah. conversations, I think, are unfair on two levels, Yeah. right? One, the kid may not truly comprehend the full girth of the conversation right. as far as consequences right. and expectations. Uh, the other end, we're putting this undue pressure, expecting them to be able to understand the full consequences and girth of the, the conversation. Well, you're talking about one of the things that makes me nuts about schools is, is there's all this emphasis on analysis. How can you analyze things without having fundamental principles in place? And how can you have fundamental principles in place without standards, without values, without understanding of systems, right? There it is. And the interaction of things. And the inter- otherwise, it's analysis based on feelings, which is I had a pepperoni pizza last night. And guess what? I'm feeling like I've got to go to the bathroom right now. You know? Can we not analyze that? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but we put all, you know, there, there's all this. And, and I think this is what's gone on is we've gotten to this point where, you know, we're overvaluing the input of the children and undervaluating our contribution to them. It, I totally agree. So if, if you flash back to how both you and I grew up with the be seen and not heard and do as I say, not as I do, while that may seem harsh, mm-hmm. not speaking, being present, but mm-hmm. not having that input, you learn so much. Yeah, you do. Um, you learn the standards, you learn the rules, you learn the expectations, you learn the consequences in a Const- safe yeah. place because you're not speaking, you're not currently engaged, but now if or, you- or maybe not even that safe a place. Right, because even better, right? Right, because then you really do learn what consequences. Yeah, it, well, it's the old analogy. I don't care how much you tell a child, don't touch the stove; it's hot. Yeah, they're not going to learn that until they guess what? Touch the stove and get burned. Yeah, because you've got to experience, man. You got to you got to bring it into your own subjective reality. Yeah, because through observing, it's obje- objective reality, and then through experiencing, it's subjective reality. And that's where you learn. That's where you experience life. That's where you grow. So yeah, this is fascinating, man. So when we get back, let's look at like what there is to to do or what there is to put in or what the conversations there are to have out there. Okay? Absolutely. You want to do that? Yeah. Hey, we're back. This is Mike Sherrick with Will Campbell. This is Into the Gap. Into the Gap. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back, everyone. So, yeah, man, we're um, we're talking about kind of the, the challenges of, of fatherhood. Actually, it's, you know, as we're having this conversation, I'm realizing it's the challenges of being a kid in the world today. Absolutely the challenges of being you know? a kid. Uh, we're we're in that place where everyone has a title, a, 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 a classification, a group, a number, a rank. When yeah. you were just kid back in the day. So, one of the things I I haven't done this with you. But one of the things I, I do. No, it's no big deal. You you're, you're, you'll be fine. Believe me, you're bizarrely normal. Um, <laughs> so, there's this. Um, I've got this really powerful. Uh, I use a leadership assessment. And the most powerful part of it is this thing called the, the uh, dimensional balance, okay? And it focuses your – and it, it's really subtle, and it's, it can really tell you what's working and what's not working with someone. Right? Okay. And, and so the, the, the dimensional balance, it, it measures your relationship to the external world and your relationship to the internal world, right? Nice. So just about everybody that I work with, they blow the external world away. You know, like, and, and what the external world, it looks at your relationship to empathy to others, like how you relate to others. It looks at your practical thinking, and it looks at your systems judgment. And those, are, and if you can do those three things, you can work in the world pretty well, right? Yeah, yeah roughly equated to EQ, emotional intelligence. It's a lot of that. It's, it's a, a lot of yeah. that. Especially the, the empathy thing is, is, is the, the emotional intelligence, right? So that, there's usually no issues there. If there is, it's a blind spot. And the other two, they take care of it, and they, they work pretty well on it. The thing that's fascinating is on the internal side, that's always where the low scores show up. Right? Yeah. And what that measures is self-confidence. And what self-confidence is about, you know, you can have someone who's really got practical thinking. I just dealt with a guy the other day, he's CEO, you know, and his self-confidence was like subterranean. Wow. You know, and the validation score, this was for real. And so I'm talking to him, and he had a setback, and he had no way to overcome it, you know. And then there's the, the uh relationship to your work as an expression of who you are, that's usually pretty good. And the last one is like your, your future vision or like your self-direction, right? And what I'm seeing way too often is people that have this real strong relationship to the external world, but not a very strong relationship to who they are, you know? And I think because so many of the people I've been working with lately are in their 
late 30s, early 40s, I think it has to do with parenting and the way the world is and the, the you know, the social media stuff and all this stuff. And, and I think you're right. And, and I, you made me think of a question. So yeah. these these folks that you refer to, do they have kids yet? Of course. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, that's that's interesting because I, I was thinking becoming a dad, mm-hmm. you have to have a great sense of who you are. You better. Um, or you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you develop it quickly. Well, I think that's one of the gifts of being a dad is it you get real yes. quick. Yes. You know? I, I, I think that it's funny you bring that up. I think that was the biggest like I had to get me before I could go be a dad. I think that's why it took me 14 months. Oh, it's that's the magic of fatherhood, yeah. right? Yeah. You have to get you, um, and then it's thrown back in your face because it mutates a little bit in your kid. Yeah. Um you'll you'll see <laughs> you'll see your kid. Have you met my son yet? I haven't, oh but my I, God. I, I, you know, I've he's got a pretty li- good clue. He's a little sarcastic and he's got a little bit of an edge to him. Really? That's yeah. that's surprising. <laughs> Not. <laughs> I know. I, and he's 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 well, he's smart and he's brilliant and he's he's funny and he's he's just a great kid, but he can be he could be a load, man. And he's he's a little moody. Oh oh, oh wow. I know, I know. A Sherrick kid. Yeah. A little moody. Yeah. So, so same. And you, you've seen my three boys. I they're mean, like raptors, like velociraptors that will like hunt you down and pretty much, yeah. pretty much. And and I love that we <laughs> we just talked about self confidence yeah. and and how that really hurts. I'm so I, I don't lack in self confidence. No, I, I don't think that surprises anyone that knows no. me. Uh, I like to consider it a strength, but you know everyone's got their own opinion. Well, you know what? It usually is a strength until it gets to like being ego based. Right. Absolutely. Self-confidence is strictly knowing that, listen, you can provide for yourself. You can get out of any jam. You can take care of things. Yeah. And yeah. so here's the mutation in my kid. Yeah. Uh, for me, it, it, it's it, I'm, I'm very extroverted. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm on a radio show and podcast right now. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to anyone. I'll share. I, I public speak. I train mm-hmm. all, all this stuff. Uh, my oldest boy, mm-hmm. 14, he's also got this self-confidence thing. Mm hmm. However, he's very introverted. Mm-hmm. The last thing he wants is to have this microphone in front of his face sure. or to be in front of the camera mm-hmm. or any of that. Mm-hmm. But he will wear these bright yellow Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> he takes after his dad. He, he totally takes after me in that yeah. sense. He's his own person, and yeah. he knows it, and he doesn't care who likes or disagrees with it. That's right. him. Right. So that's a mutation, him. He's got the self-confidence yeah, thing. Yeah. He just doesn't put it on display like I do. Well, I think that's the that's one of the important things, and that's one of the gifts of fatherhood. First of all, being a father creates that in you. You have to, you have to build that inner strength. But it's also for us. I think if there's a role, if, honestly, it's a role of any leader, is to make sure the people you lead or the people you're responsible for have that strength inside. Because, listen— if you, if you are the best in the world at whatever you do and you're out there and you're excellent, you're still going to always run into opposition. Yes. And when, when the pressure of that opposition pushes against you. What and, do you do? And you're hollow. <laughs> you you're going you to have, have a breakdown. Yeah, right? for sure. And, and breakdowns are great. Breakdowns are a great opportunity to learn. But the breakdown will be substantial if there's not the strength internal. Also, it, it gets to be about authenticity. We were talking about earlier about trusting, you know, building trust and that type of thing and, and people, like, willing to line up. If you, if you can do it, but it's not who you are, peop, you know, smart guys like you They'll are going to pick it out. 
pick up on that stuff. If you've got a strength, you could smell BS from six miles away, right? <laughs> oh, oh, easy. Very yeah. easy. Yeah. Yeah. Me, uh, a, not quite. I'm much better now than I was before, but I don't have it like you, man. You can smell, you know, bovine excrement from like 16 miles away. Bovine excrement. Dude, the new initials now, like B-E? Uh, yeah, we can go B-E. B-S versus yeah. B-E? Yeah. Uh, so uh, just so much in, in the couple sentences that you just said. Um, for for one, yes, if breakdowns are beautiful, yeah. the trick, you have to have a destination. Yep. A breakdown without a destination is, oh, my gosh. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's yeah. painful for everybody involved. In fact, it's painful for folks not involved. Dude, thank you so much for that because when you've got people who are running – their life, their businesses, their experience strictly on their feelings, <laughs> right? There's yeah. no destination. My, my, my destination is feeling good. Right. And you got a breakdown, now I'm feeling bad? There's no getting out of that. There's no getting getting out of it. There's, wow. there's no destination. I, just, I never saw that before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that you said, as, as bring it back to fatherhood mm-hmm. or, or a leader, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that those that you care for, and it, it Leadership and, and fatherhood really are very it similar. It's it really is, man. It's about being a servant to the people. Yeah, being yeah. a servant, taking care of those who you're providing, to protecting, take. leaving legacy, leaving a space for them. Yeah, all absolutely. of that. Yeah. Here's the trick: you can only do that if you're connected to them. Absolutely, you have to understand them. So knowing your kid, being there to to develop that relationship and that connection. Yeah. Um, because as as you affectionately refer to my three boys, Larry, Moe, and Curly. <laughs> Uh, how I how I respond to one is very different than how Absolutely. I respond to the other because of the relationship or that connection. You know, we're near the end here, but what you just brought up is so important because what that completely dispels is the justification of, oh, I'm out there working, killing myself, and I don't need a relationship because I'm providing. Bingo. Right? Providing is important, but not providing is the only thing. Absolutely. So, so yeah, that's really great, man. Dude, we're uh, we're near the end of it, man. So I've got to say that's that's completely insane, and the producer has given us a countdown, yeah. like 67. Like, we're done already? I know. I know. That's that's crazy it's to me. Crazy. Thank you so much for being here, brother. Mike, thanks for having me back. I'm I, I yeah. honestly I wouldn't be anywhere else. One, it's it's warm and it's icy outside. So <laughs> it I, is nasty <laughs> as hell outside. So uh, thank you so much, brother. Thank you for this conversation. I hope people that listen to it got something from it. Um, see you next week. Bye all. Bye.